So I've given you the stories of Sa'd ibn Mu'adh radiallahu anhu and Usaid ibn Hudayr radiallahu anhu. Now let's move on to the pledge. Mus'ab ibn Umair came slightly earlier. As I made mention, he spoke to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he says, this is the condition in Madinah Munawwara. They are more than welcoming. And now they are suggesting that you need to leave Makkah al-Mukarramah and come to Madinah Munawwara because according to the hadith of Jabir ibn Abdullah al-Ansari radiallahu anhu, he says that we as Ansar, meaning as people of Medina, we thought to ourselves that how long is this messenger going to be persecuted in Makkah? It's about time we offered him a base in Medina Munawwara. Subhanallah. May Allah open our doors, grant us goodness, really. Look at how broad Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy is. So, after some time when the season began, 73 men and two women came from Medina Munawwara who were Muslims amongst the rest of the mushriks of Medina who had come for Hajj. And Mus'ab ibn Umair had already informed Rasulullah that this is what is coming and this is what is happening. And from amongst them, subhanallah, were the powerful ones, As'ad ibn Zurara and the others who witnessed not only the first allegiance, but the first entry into Islam, the first allegiance and the second allegiance. They came and this time Quraysh was very worried because during the season they would make sure nobody meets with this man. Abu Lahab used to walk behind him every time and make sure that he doesn't speak to people and so on. So every time the Prophet ﷺ would speak to people at night when others were asleep and he would speak to them one by one in little groups. So on this particular, on, at this particular time, the Prophet ﷺ instructed these people not to make an issue of it and he told them we will meet at a certain time uh, upon the days of tashriq so let the days of hajj come to an end and the days of tashriq which are the days in, of pelting of the of the devil on those days we will meet and we will meet in the middle of those days late at night where no one knows and we'll keep it a secret so mashallah the Prophet ﷺ came and they were all waiting. Most of them were young. Surprisingly, who was with the Prophet ﷺ? Very big surprise. A non-Muslim, his uncle Al-Abbas ibn Abdul Muttalib. You see, Abu Talib had passed away. And what happened is Banu Hashim had already asked that Muhammad ﷺ be protected. So he was under the protection of his clan from Quraysh. And Al-Abbas took the role of Abu Talib to a lesser degree, but he was there. So he knew that there's something going to happen and so on, because although he was a mushrik, but he had that blood and the lineage between him and Muhammad ﷺ, this being my brother's child, I cannot see him go, you know, to the wolves. Let me at least see that everything that's happening is okay, and he can find safe passage to go perhaps to Medina Munawwara or anywhere else. So when they met the 73 plus the two women plus Muhammad sallallahu and with him was Al-Abbas ibn Abdul Muttalib. The first to speak was Al-Abbas ibn Abdul Muttalib. He says, I am the uncle of this man and he has the protection of Banu Hashim from Quraysh and he is finding difficulty because of what you know and you people have offered him passage to Medina Munawwara. Are you sure you will be able to look after him? And are you sure? And so on. 
If you cannot, don't worry. We are not imposing it on you. We can take him back and you can just deny or decline and let us know from now. So immediately they got up. A caller from amongst them got up and they said, no, we will definitely, definitely protect him. What is it that he wants? Subhanallah. Now this was an allegiance. These are Muslimin who had accepted Islam. But now what was happening is because they had invited him to Medina Munawwara and the Prophet Sallallahu was shown in his dream that he was migrating to a place where there were date palms between two rocky deserts. Date palms between two rocky deserts. Now he saw a dream a few times. The first time he had seen the dream, he had cut it down to three places that it's probably here or there, Hajar, it's probably Al-Madin Al-Munawwara, meaning Yathrib, and Subhanallah, he, perhaps Yamama. And what happened is, when he saw the next dream, it, it made it clear that this place is Yathrib. So the Prophet ﷺ had known in his heart that Allah has revealed, because as you know, the dreams of the Prophets are revelation. So now, these people, they had offered Rasulullah and the Prophet told them that we would like the following. In fact, when they said, let us hear from him what he wants, he got up and he started off by reading the Quran. According to the narration, he got up and he read Quran to them. And then the second thing he did, he called them towards worshipping Allah alone. These people were already Muslimin, but he's inviting them again to tell them worship Allah alone, reminding them. And he got them interested in Islam. And at the same time, he then said, there are two things. Two things that you need to bear witness or you need to pledge. One is the pledge between you and Allah. And one is the pledge between you and me. What was the pledge between them and Allah? One thing. Worship Allah alone and don't engage in any form of shirk. Never ever associate a partner with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That was the pledge between them and Allah. So this was the first part of the pledge. I want to repeat it because it's important. People don't like it sometimes when we speak of Tawheed, Tawheed, and this is shirk and that is shirk. Wallahi, anything where shirk is smelt, we need to be far away from it. If people are disputing something, stay away. We don't want it. Because it's better for us to do that, which nobody is disputing. There's enough in Islam of items that nobody disputes that we can engage in before we enter into disputed territory. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us and grant us goodness. So he said, this is between you and Allah, don't ever engage in shirk. And between you and me, he says, subhanallah, I am pledging allegiance with you or you pledge with me that you will protect me from the same thing you protect your wives and your family members from. Anything that happens to them, how do you protect them? That's how you will protect me. And if you do that, I will come in for hijrah. And this was a beautiful statement because when people have their own children and their own wives, how do they protect them? Exactly how they would protect them. He says, you consider me one of your own family and you would protect me. So now they had heard this and Abu Al-Haytham At-Tayyihan, he was one of those who was there. May Allah be pleased with them all. He says, I have a question. What's the question? 
Say, for example, you know, we have the people we have signed treaties with and so on. And one day, if your uh, deen, if this deen of ours becomes so big and so on, would you return to Makkah al-Mukarramah? Would you return to Makkah? Or would you consider yourselves, yourself as one of us? So the Prophet ﷺ says, your treaties are mine. I am from you and you are from me. And Nabi ﷺ made it very clear that once the hijrah takes place, his new abode will be Al-Madinah. So returning to Makkah would be out of a question. And if you think of it carefully, when the victory of Makkah happened, when the victory of Makkah happened, Nabi ﷺ did not stay in Makkah. He returned to Medina Munawwara and he passed away there. Subhanallah. Look at this. And this is why today you have Makkah al-Mukarramah, Al-Madina al-Munawwara. The environment is so different in Makkah and in Medina. You feel Makkah, the heat, the mountains and so much. And in Medina, you feel the calm, serene air. You can feel it. All those who visited it, mashallah, you would know the difference. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. So upon that, they pledged allegiance. Subhanallah. He said, I will fight whom you fight and I make peace with whom you make peace with. I'm one of you. They pledged allegiance and they were very, very strong on that allegiance. And the Prophet sallallahu says, let's select from amongst you 12 men. Just like Jesus, may peace be upon him, had 12 disciples. Select from amongst you 12 men who will be like the caretakers, people who will look after the Muslims in Medina Munawwara. Subhanallah, they selected 12 men. Their names are there. Uh, there were people from Al Khazraj, most of them, and a few from Aus. And the, the, these 12, their duty was to take care of the Muslims in Medina Munawwara and to look after them and so on. And in the meantime, whilst this pledge was being uh, made, Shaytan announced to Quraysh in Mina. Shaytan announced to Quraysh that a war is being planned against you by Muhammad and the people of Medina, the people of Yathrib are pledging an allegiance with him. So Rasulullah sallallahu at that particular moment told these people go back to your caravans and you know just disperse. So it was cut without further ado. The meeting was closed. And they had returned. When they returned in the morning, the leaders of Quraysh went to the people of Aus and Khazraj from Yathrib. And they say, last night there was an allegiance. There was an allegiance that was pledged here with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and you people. What was it? Now who did Quraysh go to? That's a very interesting question. Quraysh went to the leaders, the older people, the people they knew. Al-Abbas ibn Abdul Muttalib, who was there in the evening, he says, I don't recognize these people. What does that mean? I'm an old man. These are all youth. So see, Islam spread through the youth, the young people. They took up the challenge and they said, we will fight if this is the case, if we have to, to protect the deen and this, this man who is a Nabi, who's a prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Al-Abbas says, I don't recognize these people. But he knew the people of Medina, the older generation. So when Quraysh met the people of Aus and Khazraj the following morning, they met with the older people. And they said, this is what happened. Now the, youngers, the younger people are just sitting and watching. The olders are saying, no ways. This thing never happened. Wallahi, it didn't happen. They were telling the truth because they didn't know anything about it. 
Young people were all quiet and they were just sitting and watching around, looking at each other. And subhanallah, the old people are saying, Wallahi, nothing of this nature happened. And then Quraysh, they felt that perhaps, you know, there was something that uh, maybe we had wrong information about and so on. And it died down. But thereafter, the hijrah began. Subhanallah. The hijrah began and I'm going to start with the story of the first person who made hijrah. For your information, there were some people who had gone to Medina Munawwara prior to this bay'ah, prior to this time, on an individual basis, but that was also considered hijrah. One of the first from amongst them was Abu Salama. Abu Salama, he was a man who was persecuted to the degree that he had gone to Abyssinia. And in Abyssinia, the rumor had spread that these people have now struck something and people are accepting Islam and the Muslims are now strong and they began to come back. So him, he came back from Abyssinia, his wife, Umm Salama, radiyallahu anha. They were from amongst the early Muslims. She was also married by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa after the death of Abu Salama. But listen to what happened. This is one of the most touching stories when it comes to the Hijrah. Abu Salama, he was being persecuted by Quraysh in so many different ways. So one day he decided, let me put, this was about a year before the bay'ah of Aqaba. He decided, let me put all my provisions onto this animal of mine and let's go. He took his wife and he took Salama. Salama is the little baby, a little boy. And he said, let's go. And as he was leaving, the family or the clan of his wife, of Umm Salama, saw him. And they said, do you think we are going to allow you to flee with, with our daughter and the little child? No ways, not at all. So they took Umm Salama away with Salama. And Abu Salama, the father of Salama, this man, he decided, you know what, I have to go. And the wife did not want to be separated at all. And she pleaded with them. They said, no, we are not allowing this to happen. He went to Medina Munawwara. She says, my people took me and kept me. And then the people of Salama, the people of Abu Salama, they came and they said, do you think we're going to leave this child with you? We can't do that. So they took the child away. So now she is with her people. The child is with her husband's people. And the husband is gone to Medina Munawwara. Look at how they were separated completely three ways, three way separation. And she says, I recall that I used to sit outside and cry from morning to evening every day for how long? A week, a month, two months, a year and slightly over them, slightly over a year. She used to cry every day, morning to evening, making dua to Allah, asking Allah to open her doors. I want to be united with my child. I want to be united with my husband and I'd like the three of us to be united. Until one day one of her cousins passed and saw her crying every day she's crying. So he went to speak to the rest of the family. Why don't you just let her have what she wants? So she bore patience for the whole year, slightly more than a year, as we said. And then what happened? They agreed and they said after they saw that her condition has deteriorated to a degree that they could not even handle to look at her. And they said, okay, you can go. She was so happy. She got her child back, subhanallah. And she got 
a little animal, she put some provisions. Now Medina Munawwara is very, very far. And you need a guide. You need to know where to go and how to go. Someone who's experienced on the path. Otherwise, it was not like a highway today. And nowadays you got a little garment or a tom-tom that can just guide you here and there. It wasn't like that. It was, they used to look at the stars and be guided by the path and the road. And they used to travel at night because of the heat of the day and so on. And sometimes during the day, if the weather was okay, and she was not worried about anything. She just had herself, her child and Allah. She jumped on the, the animal of hers and she started proceeding with a little provision. So what happened is, as she got to the place known as Tan'im. Tan'im is in the outskirts of Makkah Mukarramah, on the way to Medina Munawwara. Not very far. It, nowadays it's considered as inside Makkah, so to speak, if you look at the city of Makkah. But it is considered as the final point of the haram in, in the Sharia. So Tan'im, today there is a masjid commonly known as Masjid Umrah or Masjid Aisha. That's the point. So when she had got there, a man from Quraysh, who was a noble, a good man. His name was Uthman ibn Talha. Uthman ibn Talha saw her. And when he saw her, he said, where are you going? She said, I am going to Medina Munawwara. Are you crazy? You're going to Medina Munawwara? You're a woman, you're all on your own. Do you know the path? Who is with you? Do you have any company? She says, I, it's me, my child and Allah. We are going. I'm going to my husband. Look at the determination. She didn't even tell the rest. She was on her way. So Uthman ibn Talha decides, and this was a sign of the honor of some of the members of Quraysh. There was still some goodness. He said, no, you cannot go alone. Let me take you. So Umm Salama agreed. So he was riding. She was riding. He was walking at a certain stage. Whenever they needed to stop with utmost respect, communication was very little. They did not speak unnecessarily. He would stop, let the animal come down. Then he would move away. Then she would disembark and then she would do whatever she had to. She would embark again. Then he would come back. So he dealt with her with utmost respect, so much so that later on she says that Wallahi, I have not seen a more nobleman than this man, Uthman ibn Talha, who took me all the way to Medina Munawwara with so much dignity, so much respect. And he really went out of his way to take me all the way to the outskirts of Medina Munawwara, subhanallah. Subhanallah. So this man had traveled with her and they, when they arrived in Medina Munawwara just by Quba where the husband was or had settled, they, he, he left her there and said, this is where your husband is. I am returning back to Makkah al-Mukarramah and you can now proceed in the name of Allah. And these were people who were mushriks. They were polytheists. But whenever they needed something, we said, that when they were desperate, they used to call out on the maker and they knew Allah, the worshipped one. They did not deny Allah, as we said in one of our first episodes, where they did not deny Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Quran says, If you ask them who created you, they would say Allah. This man, Uthman ibn Talha, later on, after the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, he had accepted Islam to be known as Radiallahu Anhu. But between that period, he had not accepted Islam. He was an honest and upright man. Perhaps 
the light of Iman and Islam had started entering his heart at that particular time when he treated a Muslim woman with utmost respect, took her all the way to Medina Munawwara and came back and did not want anything out of it besides the protection of a woman who was alone. And do you know the journey? It's not a two hour journey, four hour journey. No, it used to be between eight and 16 days of journey. Between eight and 16 days of travel. And those who used to go fast, it was about four days, perhaps a little bit more, a little bit less. Subhanallah. So these were some people who were honest. How many of us, when we need to protect our own Muslim women, would do so without wanting a favor in return. Let's be honest. Many people, when they, when they see someone, and I've said this before, it's a red button, but we need to press it because we learn from the mushriks of Quraysh. When we see a person, oh, there's a sister. She is traveling in her vehicle and she has had a flat tire. For example, take a look at her. She's a pretty girl, good shape, mashallah, you stop and you help. Why? Because of what she looked like. The minute she's a fat auntie, nobody wants to help. Allah protect us. It's a fact. This is what's happening. Or you might have a few. May Allah protect us. When we help, we help for the pleasure of Allah. You don't need to know a name and you don't need to know a phone number. Nothing. And you don't need to ever have met the person again in your life. Never ever. You help in the same way Uthman ibn Talha helped. And you'll find that Iman also entering the heart of myself and yourself. May Allah protect us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us not from amongst those whom we see a woman vulnerable and we want to abuse. We want favors. A'udhu billah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. It is a problem. Across the globe, we find today we are living in a, in a situation where people are very, very self-centered. Whatever they do, they want something back in return. We don't think of the reward sometimes. It is us who are mu'mineen. We should be thinking of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We can help people without ever meeting them again. Except perhaps in Jannah, we might meet them and they might remind us, one day you help me. And they will give us a dua without us knowing them. I want to end by saying, the most powerful prayer that anyone could ever make is the prayer of a person who is making a prayer for another person who doesn't even know that they are praying for them. Subhanallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from amongst those until we meet again inshallah tomorrow to continue with the bulk of the hijrah and we will learn some very interesting facts. We say, wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad subhanallah wa bihamdihi subhanakallahum wa bihamdik nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Introducing the top rated Islamic app in the world, One Islam TV. The app offers a smooth, immersive viewing experience with user-friendly features and seamless interface. Discover the power of technology for the purpose of spreading the light of Islam to every corner of the world. Download the One Islam TV app now.